0: pulpit podcast all right hello everybody and welcome to the pat's pulpit podcast i am alex shane here with you as always my good buddy rich hill as august comes to a sweaty hot humid close here in new england the Patriots are 2-0 and in the preseason. Couldn't be happier about that. You know how important that preseason record is on confidence and overall performance in the regular season. Lots to get to around the league, around the Patriots, in the game. A lot happened this past couple of weeks, Rich Hill, and uh, I'm a little confused because usually we're kind of just slowly easing into things, breaking down meaningless games, but... Um, there's been some news
1: around Patriots Nation we should get to today, huh? Oh, totally. I mean, not only did the Patriots look against Philadelphia Eagles, there's some uh, big news in the quarterback room as well as a trade uh, based off of this like, extremely quality depth in the running back room. Uh, and then we also have that Giants game to break down. So, Alec, let's kick off with this Eagles game, which was an absolute stomp down. The Patriots won 35-0. to uh, Pretty much everyone performed well. I can't think of a player, uh, you know, or maybe there were, like only a couple players that underwhelmed and didn't play well against this Eagles team that was trotting out their second and third string players but Alec as you were watching the Patriots just absolutely destroy destroy the Eagles what was going through your head
0: yeah, I mean, obviously, first of all, Jalen Hurts did not start. I think that was a last-minute scratch. Stomach issue, whatever that may be. It could just be a one of those bogus injuries. But because of that, the Eagles really didn't march out many of their starters for very long. And there was this very weird, maybe kind of justification, spin zone around Eagles Nation that, like, since they dominated in practice, they could slack off for the game. That's why they got blown out. But regardless of who they trotted out there, I thought the Patriots looked really good. I thought Mac Jones looked fantastic. Uh, I thought that the running backs, as always, as they Continued to do all season looked wonderful. I think there was over 200 yards rushing, which is as a team, which is pretty impressive. J.J. Taylor continues to impress. Ramon J. Stevenson continues to impress. Uh, Jacoby Myers, I, I could not be more excited for him coming into his his next season. Gunnar Osheski had a good game. Uh, <laughs> ironically, Rich Hill, the only receiver I think that kind of stunk up the joint was uh, Nikhil Harry,
1: um,
0: which, which isn't really a good look. I think the, the two most memorable plays of him was him bumping into his own guy to blow. Blow up a toss play and then him missing a beautifully thrown sideline pass toward the end of the first half and not only he couldn't catch wasn't a gimme but he should have caught it but he also got a shoulder injury out of it not a serious one he shouldn't miss any time uh for the injury at least but other than the kind of Harry's dud of the game, I-, I thought the Patriots looked great. They looked very efficient. They looked like they knew what they were doing. They seemed to have the kind of chemistry you're looking for at this point in the season. And while, of course, the score means nothing, you can't read too much into these things, it's really hard not to take positives away from these games, A, and B. Like, I don't know about you, man, but like I'm having fun watching preseason for the first time in like 20 years.
1: Totally. I mean, like, I think my favorite part of the preseason is, uh, you know, thinking of the future of the team. It's always nice when there's new faces where, you know, like, I, I have no idea what to expect from JJ Taylor or Amande Stevenson. And then they go out and just knock everyone's socks off. I mean, honestly, you look at around the league, they rank number one and two in yards from scrimmage in the entire league. Uh, And they ranked number one and two in yards per carry. So this is a running back group that is just dominating. It's always fun when teams are able to get the yards on the ground kind of at will because it's a testament to the offensive line. Everything is usually clicking when that's happening. And so, yeah, seeing the new faces thrive is so much more fun than watching a meaningless preseason game where you know all of the characters and you know who's going to make the roster and you know who's going to be the contributor. I think this year, more so than any year in recent memory, there's a lot of questions question marks as to who is going to be the player at a given position and I mean honestly it just makes every snap worth watching.
0: It does, particularly because the Patriots have a quarterback battle, quarterback controversy. Two quarterbacks who I think could start Week One if necessary. Uh, we know what we have in Cam Newton for the most part. I thought Cam Newton actually looked pretty good. Oh yeah. The accuracy, the zip on the ball, was really good. I think he was eight of nine for over 100 yards and, and a TD on that crosser to to Jacoby Myers. So I think Cam Newton was a marked improvement from what we saw toward the middle and end of last season. And then as you said, Mac Jones I think was was fantastic. 13 of 19. For 146 yards. Could have been probably 14 of 19 for 200 yards and a touchdown. Nikhil Harry had come down with that and not not broken his Rudolph, but uh, I'm really like what I'm seeing out of the rookie and not so much his 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 stats, more just his his poise in the pocket, his decision making. They gave him a chance to run the no huddle offense again starting the third quarter. He looked good there. I thought he checked the ball down a lot less. He's accurate again. I, I don't. Know, I, I still think Cam Newton's going to be the guy. We could talk about that in a little bit for obvious reasons, but um, you know, in terms of your your point, Rich, about the future of the team, you know, uh, at, at no point in years past when I saw Ryan Mallett or Kevin O'Connell or Jarrett Stidham in the preseason <laughs> was I like, this is the guy when Tom Brady leaves. But I feel very strongly that like we have our quarterback of the future here. And that may be a overreaction based on a couple of very limited uh, reps in real-game situations, but It's hard not to think that way, to be honest.
1: Oh, totally. I mean, I I feel like the way that he's taken command of the offense during the game is very reminiscent of Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, and I know Garoppolo had his issues in the preseason, but I think whenever you saw him on the field, you've had this level of confidence that something could happen, something positive could happen. Whereas with Mallet, you're just watching him throw just a laser into the dirt. And so I I think Mac Jones has shown quality touch. You know, he did have a couple questionable throws where I feel like he's just getting used to the speed of the NFL. I think it was, it might have been his very first throw of the game, or maybe a second one where he threw it right into a lurking linebacker. I, I think that with Jones, what's most impressive to me is how he both rallies uh, and just continues to get better with every single rep that he's out there. And you know, you know me. I'm a fan of pro football focus. I, I know them. I've been friends with them for a while. And they have Mac Jones ranked as the number one quarterback in the entire league this preseason. And so they've also put together some research that preseason production does not translate to uh, like regular season abilities so those who are the stars in the preseason there's no correlation between them being a star in the regular season but i think it still does matter i think it's still impressive that jones is so good that he has such a good ability to find his receivers and the fact that his two best throws of the entire preseason bounced off of the receivers hands uh you know his stat line at this point in time is not full credit for how he's actually been playing and he's been lights out
0: Speaking of bouncing off the receiver's hands, Rich, uh, he, I hinted at it earlier in the podcast. Uh, you know, we were all kind of high on the keel, Harry, as his practices were doing really well. He was standing out in camp. We were all really pumped to see what he could bring him to the table in his third year, which is kind of his second year due to a COVID shortened 2020 season it's getting very hard for me to envision any scenario where he is a major contributor to this offense and does anything beyond just an occasional body out there if that at all is it safe to pull the plug on him at this point or am i being too premature
1: i i feel like it's safe i know that the patriots continue to trot him out with uh, the first team offense to give him every single possible opportunity to succeed he's just not taking advantage of any of those chances and uh, i mean we'll break this down a little bit more. There was a trade in the running back room. I think it could indicate that there should be a trade in the future uh, for Harry because I think that some team could benefit from him. Uh, Maybe he's just not a good fit in New England and he could go succeed somewhere else. Maybe like with the 49ers or something like that under Kyle Shanahan. But I think you look at this wide receiver room for the Patriots. Jacoby Myers is a lock. He's been so good for the Patriots. I think he's going to light up the league this year. And then you add in Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar. Those are the two Free agents. So all three of those players are locks. You add in Olszewski, who played much better in this preseason than Nikhil Harry did, uh, even as that depth wide receiver. He's also an all-pro return man, so he's a lock, as, you know, maybe if you consider him the fifth wide receiver on the team, so be it, but he's a lock. And so that leaves one other roster spot for a wide receiver, Uh, and honestly, I don't think Harry has done enough to differentiate himself from other players, uh, and I think Christian Wilkerson has done more. I I think that the the speed around Wilkerson, uh, you know, he was trending upwards, has stalled a little bit. But I think that uh, Nikhil Harry's just going in the wrong direction. And so uh, I I think, honestly, what would make the most sense for Harry in his future is to just go to a different team. I know that he requested a trade, and he did well in the preseason uh, during practices. But I'm wondering how much of that is just about optics uh, and trying to help him land on his feet somewhere else.
0: Sadly, I agree with you. I really don't know what kind of trade value he's going to command on the market. And if the Patriots, you know, who invested a first-round pick on him a couple years ago, it's not like he's been on the team for a long time if it's just worth it to them in terms of just the calculus you have to do to justify trading a player if they just still want to keep working with him versus giving up. Like, I can't see him getting a fifth. It would be a great haul at this point based on production. So I can't say anything anything higher than that. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Maybe he's going to turn it around come regular season and, and shut us all up. It wouldn't be the first time I've been shut up. Uh, speaking of guys that have kind of underwhelmed so far, I really was excited to see Devin Asiasi perform in this mm-hmm. Eagles game. As both tight ends were out, it seemed like a great opportunity for him to really establish himself as a viable part of that tight end room. Uh, he had one target in the end zone. It was a drop. That's it. That's the only thing he has. He was zero for one. Do you think? I'm not saying he's done, because obviously he's still too new, and there's there's a lot of growth to be to be had there. But I, I've just seen nothing out of him yet, and and I don't know if it's just him not getting the reps he needs to get to to really stand out, or if he just can't pick the offense up, or he's not big enough, or not quick enough on his cuts, but what's going on with these these two tight ends that were supposed to kind of be the, not air apparent, the greatest tight end of all time, but at least someone who can who can give some semblance of, of an opportunity for, for tight ends that aren't Gronkowski. What's going on with these guys?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think there is always a larger learning curve for the tight end position relative to any other positions, right? Like, I, I think that people love a tight end with the expectation that they're not going to put it together until year three at the earliest, and, and I think that's what you continuously around the league where Gronk in his rookie year was a complete exception and obviously he was the best tight end of all time you know just from a, a sheer like better than anyone else sort of capability and so he put it together in a rookie year because he's an all-time great I don't think Asi, Asi is an all-time great and I, I think that it might be a little bit too early to say that he can't do it uh, but he's definitely not showing signs of the improvement that you would like to see uh, when given that opportunity. Because you're right. I mean, he he had that drop uh, when he was given that target. He's like a fine blocker. It's very clear that he's behind Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith in the tight end chart. I think that uh, the Patriots are looking for a reason to sign or play or keep anyone other than Matt LaCosse and asiasi wasn't able to take advantage of that opportunity and adding on top of it there's a reason why the patriots picked up kahale waring off of uh waivers from the houston texans third round pick from the 2019 draft uh he's been a role player for the houston texans not been a standout by any means and i think that's indicative of the fact that the patriots don't trust a lot of what they have in the tight end room A, you know, because both Henry and Johnny Smith are dealing with injuries, so the Patriots need another body in that position group, uh, so that could be a driving factor, but I think that the Patriots went for a tight end because they don't feel like they have enough in that room, and there's a chance in my mind that Asiasi, you know, not that, you know, there's a chance he could not make the team.
0: There is. I mean, I think it's kind of a long shot. It's, it's very rare that your two guys get, get cut, especially coming off the 2020 season. But uh, I wouldn't be overly surprised that he's one of those kind of surprised. No one saw that coming to England cuts. Uh, but yeah, he really hasn't hasn't made that jump just yet. But I'll tell you, he has kind of made that jump. And I'm eating a little bit of crow here, Rich Hill. But Joe John Williams on the opposite side of the ball, uh, he's not beating the world here. He's not standing out in a way that's like, holy crap, where did this guy come from? But. He's made some fantastic special teams tackles. He's got that pick from last week. He had a couple of good pass breakups, a couple of tackles last week uh, against the Eagles. You know, the top of the depth chart is pretty set, but, uh, you know, I feel like he might just stick around. Am I crazy? No,
1: I I think you're absolutely right. I I don't think that he has been a world beater by any means, but this is a wide open cornerback group. You know, as Stephon Gilmore is still on the pup list, uh, that could be another roster spot until he's ready to go. Uh, But you have J.C. Jackson as your top player, Uh, you have uh, Jonathan Jones as your number two at this point in time, and so long as Miles Bryant is continuing to recruit. Turn from injury, the door is open for JoJuan Williams because he's that next guy on that depth chart. You know, Mike Jackson Sr. has been fine. Uh, and I think, honestly, it's a head to head between Mike Jackson and JoJuan Williams uh, at this point in time. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think the door is closed on Williams by any means. And I, I, I think that part of it has been the fact that he has been able to have opportunities that he simply hasn't had in the past, uh, just because of how stacked the depth charts have been in the past. You know, you add in Gilmore and Jason McCourty to this cornerback room, even during the preseason, and then you have Williams playing with, like, the third and fourth stringers, but now he's had the opportunity to play with the ones, play with the twos, uh, and, and, yeah, he has shown that he has the ability to stick around. Uh, You know, he's not a world beater, as I mentioned, but he is someone that could find a role on this team Uh, and, and I think the versatility that he offers as being both a cornerback and also learning some of that safety position is going to serve him well to make the roster
0: I do this too. You know, again, anytime you offer special teams value, I think you're in a much better position if you're just a pure one or two block player. Uh anybody off the defensive side of the ball, Richard stood out and there's a thirty five to nothing shutout. There had to <laughs> be somebody on that defensive line or a linebacker besides Matthew Judon, who's an absolute yep. beast. What a great signing that's gonna yep. be. Um anybody maybe we haven't really talked about as much in our, our around the leagues and our, our podcasts and our articles that you want to
1: bring up today. Yeah, totally. Uh Chase Winovich, he's back. Uh he, he, he hasn't been practicing yeah. due to uh, you know, being injured and everything so this has been his like, first full week back with the team uh, and he rewarded the Patriots with five tackles two sacks and another tackle for loss I mean he's a menace out there he's obviously he deserves to be the starter I don't know why the Patriots think that he can only play in passing downs um, but I, I think that you put him in rotation on that edge with Judon with Dietrich Wise who I think has been stellar as well uh, and then they should put Kyle Van Noy back on the edge that gives the Patriots some pretty strong rotational pass rushing depth in case Capabilities and, you know, give the Patriots a lead and they have the players on defense that can take advantage of putting pressure on the cornerback and closing the deal. Uh, and I think that's where Winovich's specialty is, is with closing the deal. Um, and one other player that I want to highlight is Kyle Duggar. Duggar is outstanding. Yeah. He had two pass breakups. He is someone that has really made that second year leap. I thought that he stood out even as a rookie, uh, but, you know, he was still very clearly a rookie. Now, he seems like he's going to be an integral part of this secondary. I think that he's going to be an incredible strong safety. I think he has the athletic ability. He has the coverage ability. He's strong in the box. The Patriots are using him like they use Pat Chung in the slot, in the box. They're even dropping him deep. Uh, And I think that he has that ability to cover deep in a way that Patrick Chung did not. And so he gives them a ton of flexibility. And I wouldn't be surprised if we're looking you know, two years down the road when Devin McCourty is retired, that Duggar is the leader of the secondary unit.
0: I'll tell you, man, from basically from linebacker straight back uh, in this defense, it's just jacked, jacked up and stacked up. I, there really isn't a, a weak spot from the linebackers to the secondary, which is such a wonderful change of pace for some of the units of, of years past. Front line is, is weak by any means, but, you know, there's still a little more question marks up frontal on the lines compared to the linebacker room and the uh, secondary unit. So, yeah, man, I mean, anytime you shot a team out, regardless of who's out there, that's something to be proud of. Anytime you score 35 points, that's something to be proud of. You know, as good a day as you can see from the Patriots. Now, 2-0 you know, guaranteed to leave the preseason with a winning record now, which is pretty important,
1: obviously. <laughs>
0: but perhaps more important than all of that, Michelle, is what's been going on inside the Patriots' locker room over the past couple of days. Uh, particularly the departure of first-round phenom Sony Michelle, oh, yeah. who is, as of this podcast, as of this morning, a, a now a Los Angeles Ram It was, I believe, two conditional late-round picks, which could be a fourth-round pick, given other compensation the Rams getting around the league. I'm sure there'll be no shortage of hot takes on Sony Michel's tenure in New England. (laughs) But I think this is a good move
1: for both sides. Oh, personally. I do too. I mean, I think that we we hinted at this before. Damian Harris is the guy. He was honestly one of the best running backs in the league, obviously, and albeit in limited time. But he has shown that he can be an elite player. He has the trust of the coaches as a receiver that they never gave Sony Michel. Um, and, and I think that he has been just a very smooth and quality just runner. And he has great vision, great uh, a burst, everything that you're looking for in a running back. And then you see how Ramondre Stevenson and J.J. Taylor, have produced, and you know that James White is a lock as the old reliable. And you have just a very stacked uh, running back room with very unique skills. And I think that's the big part. Is that I don't see Sony Michelle bringing something to the table that the other running backs don't, right? I, th- I think that you have Harris as the bell cow. You have Taylor as that Dion Lewis smaller guy that can you know both run and catch. You have Ramondre Stevenson as the bulldozer at 240 pounds. You have James White as that you know pass catching phenom in the backfield. So each one brings a different thing to the table. I think Michelle, when he's out there, is just a lesser version of Harris, uh, which, you know, Not an indictment on Michelle. I think that he is someone that has uh, gotten a bum rap during his time with the Patriots. He has been great. You know, honestly, he has been one of the most productive running backs the Patriots have ever drafted. And, you know, when given the opportunity, he has succeeded. He's averaged over four yards a carry over the course of his career. Uh, He wasn't given an opportunity as a receiver, even though he's shown that he could do it when given the chance. Uh, You know, and even when he kind of stood out uh, this preseason, it was very obvious he had the ability. He averaged, like, almost... uh, you know a thousand yards per season over his first two years here he was integral to the patriots winning a super bowl you take that every time with a first round pick uh from a, a return standpoint obviously there is that question of is it ever worth it like what is the opportunity cost uh and you know I, I personally you know there are other players that i wish that they could have taken at that spot but you can't regret how michelle brought them and helped them win a championship uh, and, and I think that him going to the Los Angeles Rams, uh, as you said, it's a fifth and a sixth round pick right now that can convert to a fourth round pick when uh, the compensatory picks are awarded. That's a pretty solid return. You know, Patriots draft, uh, you know, you, you, you would like to have a player stick around for a second contract, but for a running back, that's a pretty good deal.
0: I think it's a great deal. I mean, this was his last year in New England. I can't imagine him picking up his fifth-year option given the depth of the running back room right now. And, yeah, I mean, you're so right. I mean, only in New England... With that resume you just uh, rattled off, thousand yard seasons, good yards per carry, had a postseason for the ages, and helped bring, was instrumental in bringing the team a Lombardi Trophy, would be some kind of like draft bust, right? Everywhere else that's like, I will take, I, I I'll take a first round pick for Super Bowl any time. <laughs> I will, I will trade that every single time. I will take seven first round picks Just give me one goddamn Super Bowl, right? That's how most teams would look at it. But only New England is that kind of productivity to some kind of like a missed pick. I like Sony Michelle. Wish him the best. Getting a fifth and a sixth up to a fourth for a, a, basically a one-year rental. I'll take that every day. Uh, best of luck to him. I have to ask, though, Rich Hill, as somebody uh, as, as yourself who has been screaming from the rafters to give Michelle more chances to catch some passes out of the backfield and be part of the passing game. He finally did that <laughs> last week against the Eagles, and now, and now he's gone. It's got to chap your ass. You know, a bit, uh, doesn't definitely
1: it? a little bit. But I think it's uh, very validating that he was able to do it. I, I mean, like that's been the issue the whole time that he's been able to do it they just never gave him the chance to and, and you know I'm always happy you know I'm very pro players and very happy that he'll get an opportunity I think that the Rams uh, will you know under Sean McVay really be able to capitalize on what his skills are uh, in, in a way that the Patriots just simply don't you know the Patriots do things differently than other teams do they don't you know put a player out there for the sake of doing it if james white is a better receiver they're going to put james white out there instead of sony michelle i and i think right now you look at that rams running back room michelle is going to be the guy and i I think that they're going to give him those opportunities to thrive and this is a great offense for him to do it in i I think that we'll look back on it and be like if michelle's a thousand yard player for the rams and be like yeah i'm not super surprised uh of all the Patriots and you know running backs in franchise history, he ranks fourth in yards per game uh, of, of players with over 500 attempts. He's behind Kirk, Corey Dillon and Antoine Smith, uh, and he's just a yard behind Antoine Smith. So he, of all players in Patriots history, he succeeded here he succeeded. There's always that question of value. But I think he's going to emerge from this uh, in a better situation for the Rams. Uh, I, I think that the Patriots will also emerge from this happy with their decision because they have you know, four really quality players in that running back room on very affordable contracts with Stevenson as a fourth round pick, Harris as a third round pick, and J.J. Taylor as an undrafted player. Uh, they're going to have all of those players for roughly the cost of one Sonny Michelle. So uh, I, I think that they're going to be happy with this decision as well.
0: Well, Rich, here's a positional grouping with not quite as much depth as running back, and that yeah. is quarterback. Uh, the starting quarterback for the Patriots is Cam Newton, or was Cam Newton, I should say, as of maybe three or four days ago. However, he is now in quarantine, in COVID protocol. I'm not exactly sure what the, the rules are surrounding. The bottom line is he traveled somewhere he shouldn't have traveled, and now because of that, he does not meet with approved team-approved doctors or league-approved doctors, and now he's out of commission until at least Thursday of this week. Mac Jones is a starter now. I'm a little confused about the whole thing, but uh, I will say this raises some questions about a Cam Newton's availability yep. going forward, b- involving travel and whatnot, and b, can can Matt Jones take advantage of that opportunity, really step up and make a dent in the people like me who think Cam Newton should start for? I
1: mean, I, I think that the issue here is that Cam Newton did not get the COVID vaccine, and as a result. Based off of COVID protocols, if he if he doesn't follow the exact rules, then he has to be held out for five days. And that's something that Bill Belichick uh, just can't stand, honestly, right? I, the number one ability is availability. And if you're going to operate the entire season with an axe over your head because Cam Newton you know, at some point, just could be not available for five days. You can't game plan with that. You you can't strategize with that. And so, this is giving the Patriots all the reasons in the world to move forward with Mac Jones, who is vaccinated, and he's someone that you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, missing games because of league protocols uh, for five days. You know. And I think that Jones and Newton were performing at similar abilities during this preseason, and Newton had the edge as the starter because he has the veteran experience, and there's no need to rush Mac Jones. You know, if they're performing at a similar level, go with the the older player and let Jones continue to acclimate. But at this point. Newton is giving the Patriots and giving Belichick every reason in the world to move forward with Mac Jones if Jones can capitalize on these opportunities. And while Jones had a pretty shaky first practice with Newton gone, he was lights out the next day. And I, I think that he is taking advantage of these opportunities, and if Jones is able to star and do very well in this final game of the preseason, I wouldn't be surprised if this spells the end of Cam Newton as the Patriots' starter earlier than we had all anticipated because of this COVID vaccine protocol.
0: That's quite an interesting take, Rich. I don't, I mean, I don't know if I'm with you that far in terms of that's kind of the this is the beginning of the end for him. But it's a, I think it's a very valid point. You know, if I were to go to you and be like, listen, if someone is just more talented, maybe more ready, more available overall, but there's at the drop of a hat he could all of a sudden not be the starter. That's that's something to factor in. And I, one thing I I really don't know is if the Patriots, if I could guarantee you right now you're going to get Cam Newton for all 17 games, and I could guarantee you right now you're going to get Mac Jones for all 17 games. If they run the exact same offense, either quarterback. Obviously, Cam Newton brings a certain skill set Mac Jones doesn't have. He's a very unique quarterback. Most quarterbacks can't do what Cam does in terms of mobility and, and toughness and the physicality and how big he is. And so you have to take advantage of that as an offensive coordinator and install certain Mm -hmm. packages that that capitalize on that ability. But if Mac Jones is your guy and he's going to be your guy going forward, does it make sense, does it behoove you to kind of install the, the offense of the future right now? and not really worry about those cam newton packages uh it's a really interesting question it's a it's a choice he made look at you you know i'm not ever one to tell somebody what they can and can't do with their body their personal health the medical choices they make that that's up to you and that's, that's something i'll respect but you gotta factor in is it worth your potential job security doing this and i don't know it's gonna be a very interesting couple of days for the patriots uh I, I wish there was now i now i now wish there were funny two more weeks of preseason games because i feel like one more preseason game if mac jones does become the starter uh, could do him well before they throw him in against the Dolphins. But, um, yeah, things just got a lot more interesting around New England, not necessarily in yeah, a good way. Yeah, totally.
1: And, I mean, I'm I'm firmly in the camp that I, I think if Jones continues to play well, I think that there's been – Uh, No real indication that Newton has been a better player during the the offseason. You know, I think on our last podcast, I was talking about the idea of Mac Jones playing between the 20s and letting Cam Newton be the red zone quarterback. Uh, And I I think that could still be an option, to be quite frank. As you said, Newton does bring a very special and unique skill set to the table. uh, and, And if he's able to add that dynamism in that red zone as the runner, then you know what, that's you know that the Patriots could do that. They have a couple of golf clubs in the bag that they can use. Uh, but I, I think that, yeah, as you said, if Jones is able to continue to take advantage of these times, and if he had one extra week, that might be enough to do it. Uh, but I, I think that at the end of the day, Newton still will be the Week One starter it's just that i think that this is giving uh, mac jones more opportunities to show that he can start sooner rather than later and is giving the patriots all the more reason to be willing to make that transition away from newton earlier than they previously had thought
0: well rich regardless of what happens in the regular season i think this all but guarantees mac jones is going to start at least for a while against the new york giants coming up this sunday at 6 p.m eastern time Uh, We're going to break that game down now, but first off, quick break, right back. All right, Rich Hill, it is the designated worst, best week of the preseason, (laughs) week three, the week that usually sees all the starters take their reps and they play into the second half, but now week three has become week four. So now it's like a week two, week three, week four hybrid. Usually this is a game I have no problem skipping because I don't really want to learn who the names of these back-end roster guys are who won't be on the team come September. But I'll definitely be watching this time because I think they're going to see at least some reps from Mac Jones. We're going to see some reps from the starters. But to be honest, Rich, I'm not quite sure what to expect if
1: the Giants. Yeah, totally. I mean, I I think that most of the focus will just be on how the Patriots players produce in their limited time and in their availability uh, I'm, I'm thinking right now, like, who will I focus on if I'm the Patriots, right? Like, it's more about how can the Patriots' death players stand out than how do they perform against a Giants team that could be up in the air. We don't know what caliber players they're putting out. So let's focus internally. And so, Alec, if you're looking at some of these different position groups, and I think there's some pretty clear ones where the camp battles are still open, uh, let's talk through which players you want to see uh and who you think has the edge and i I think that at quarterback position we already broke that down we think that jones is going to have a bulk of the time i think that newton will likely be held out uh just because he hasn't been able to practice and then hoyer will get some reps as well Uh, and then with the running back room i think the trade of sony michelle has locked that group together but in the wide receiver room uh outside of nelson Aguilar, kendrick bourne jacoby myers and in my mind gordon olszewski and matthew slater uh that last spot is open so you have Nikhil harry trey nixon christian Wilkerson and Isaiah Zuber what are you thinking is going to happen with this group yeah
0: I don't really see Nikhil Harry starting at all with the shoulder injury I don't see why they'd want to get him out there unless they want to give him maybe one last shot but I think if Nikhil Harry starts uh, against the Giants that's a very bad sign for him you don't really have a banged up first round draft pick receiver starting a game in week the last week of the preseason unless they really need to see him it's an in-game action so I expect Nikhil Harry to get nothing Jacoby Myers you're right he's a lock Olszewski's a lock Aguilar, I'd like to see Aguilar out there, uh, not just necessarily because he's uh, uh, you know, fighting for a roster spot, but Aguilar and Mac Jones, I'd love to see like Mac Jones connect one deep pass because he deserves it,
1: <laughs> and
0: Aguilar is kind of a deep threat, and I'd love to see like one time a deep sideline pass that does not bounce off the hands of a receiver. So maybe Aguilar gets a couple earlier, maybe plays a series or two, and then give the younger guys, give Christian Wilkerson the time, get him a lot of targets get him a lot of reps. Maybe get Trey Nixon out there. You know, the old Ernie Adams pick, let's see if Trey Nixon can maybe sneak onto the roster. I've really heard, I totally forgot about him until like we started talking about receivers. Um, But I I also just wonder if, if the receivers are even going to be like the big target of of this game, or they're going to maybe focus on, on the tight ends and try to get Devin Asiasi involved a little little more, trying to get their, their new free agent acquisition, you know, trying to get Khalil Waring, maybe some reps. I, I don't know. Um, I don't want to see them run the ball as much because I feel like, as you said, the running back, they're pretty well established in terms of just who's making the team. Maybe not the depth, but who's on the team. Um, But I don't know, man. There's not really a receiver on kind of the back end that's fighting for a spot that I'm particularly looking to watch out for because I feel like they're pretty – well set toward the top of that position group you
1: know yeah totally and i think that christian wilkerson is the one that is battling Nikhil harry for that final spot i think isaiah zuber has done well but i think he's definitely going to be a practice squad candidate again uh, unless some other team wants to take a chance with him and so i I think i agree with you i think wilkerson is going to get every opportunity that he can uh to to solidify and show the patriots why they should go with him over nikhil harry Uh, but i also agree with you uh, as it relates to the tight end spot they need to give those players the opportunity as well maybe more than one target for Devin asiasi to see what he can do um yeah I, i would say on the offensive side of the ball that's the only real competition that we're looking at is at that last wide receiver spot uh and uh a theoretical one at that tight end position if the Patriots really don't want to go forward with Devin Asiasi, because uh, I think that quarterback, running back, and even the offensive line is all pretty set in stone. Um, this offensive line has been outstanding this preseason. They're going to continue to be great. Uh, they have some very good depth with Justin Heron and Ted Karras as the top two backups. I think that uh, Corey Cunningham and Yoni Kahuse uh, are like competing for that final tackle spot, um, but in reality there's not like a lot happening uh, with that offensive line group we know who they are and we know that they're going to be pretty set um, on the defensive side though Alec this defensive front seven group is still pretty up in the air I, I think that there uh, you know has been a lot of rotation on that defensive line I think Devon Godshaw was given the start next to Christian Barmore uh, and and I think that you have Lawrence Guy as a lock but Carl Davis has been a standout Henry Anderson uh, was playing in there and uh, he did a fine job Montrevious Adams was also fine uh, but also Bill Murray made a, a few really good plays, and so I was interested to see that. Um, and so Nick Thurman, Akeem Spence, there's some good defensive tackle depth. Patriots usually keep four or five. Of those players, who do you think is going to join Godshaw, Guy, and Barmore?
0: Obviously, my, I'm hoping on it's Bill Murray. Uh, just for obvious reasons, uh, I personally don't see that happening. Uh, I do like Carl Davis. Uh, I think he's done a good job. I like Byron Cowart. Mm-hmm. I think he's done a good job. Uh, I like I like Deshaun Bauer. Honestly, I think they're they're all good at, at what they do. You know, these aren't the guys you want marching out there on on three downs, but um, you know, I think Carl Davis probably has the inside track for me. Uh, he's an older guy. I think he's in his I mean, he's late twenties at this point, but uh, he's got a little more versatility. Uh, he can play a little bit on the edge. He's more of like a defensive line versus defensive tackle kind of guy. But I like Carl. Davis. Uh, I think like Carl Davis and Lawrence Guy in the middle, uh, I think it's going to be a very hard two guys to move around which forces plays to the outside where I think they're really going to excel with with Judon and and Winovich and and Uche and whatnot so uh, maybe Carl Davis can really solidify his final spot for me
1: yeah totally I I mean I completely agree with that I think Davis did stand out I think that he has shown more potential than Henry Anderson even though Belichick was just effusive with his praise of Anderson and his ability to play every single spot on that defensive line so I I wouldn't count him out yet he could be that fifth guy in there Um, but I I, I think that you're right I, I would go with Carl Davis I think He's shown the most, uh, and then you know Bill Murray can spend some time on the the practice squad, so you can keep making making those jokes. Um, yes. Uh, for the other players in this defensive front seven, I think that there's not a lot of open spots left. Uh, you know, on the edge, there's definitely still some depth, but I, I think that you have Tashawn Bauer, who's really trying to make his claim to be on that roster. Uh, with Harvey Lange, I think that's kind of like the head-to-head. Everyone else seems to be pretty much locked in there. Uh, you know, you're looking at Hightower, uh, Anthony Jennings, Josh Uche, Kyle Van Noy, Juwan Bentley. Those guys aren't at risk of not making the team. And then you have Judon, Chase Winovich, Dietrich Wise with his new contract extension. They're all roster locks as well. So I don't think that there's a lot of question marks at that role it's just really a matter of who else is going to make that defensive front seven roster and can tashaun bauer show that he deserves to be on the roster more than someone like henry anderson even though they're slightly different players
0: yeah, I don't think a big factor into who makes it, who doesn't for the final cut down is what their their base defense is going to be. And honestly, as of right now, I have no clue what their base defense is going to be. Are they going to run more of a 3-4, more of a 4-3? I'd imagine based on the personnel and the talent at linebacker, they're going to have more linebackers or defensive linemen. But again, the Patriots don't really have like a quote-unquote core base defense. They do a lot of big nickel, they do a lot of NASCAR. So I imagine they'll factor in what they what they see kind of their primary defensive snaps are and then make their decisions for roster cuts that way. It's going to be a very interesting final cut down day around New England. Uh, how about the secondary? We talked about a little bit when we broke down the uh, the Eagles game. You know, I don't think that any of our, our roster locks should be starting or if they're going to start, don't get very many reps. It's a pretty deep defensive back room. Yep. Is there any CB you think is going to kind of stand out or has the potential to stand out? Is that that last guy in?
1: Yeah, I mean, we talked about this earlier. I want to see JoJuan Williams kind of be that guy. Uh, I think the Patriots are going to give him uh, and Mike Jackson as many opportunities at cornerback that they can. I also think Jalen Mills will get a lot of play out there just because he's currently on the back end of that depth chart very clearly. Uh, Devin McCordy and Kyle Duggar are your top two safeties uh, and, and you have your top cornerbacks pretty set. So Mills is looking for what his role can be with the team moving forward uh, and so I, I'd like to see him show off his versatility. I also want to see Adrian Colbert, who has been very outstanding in limited time at the, the free safety spot um, and, and just the general safety position. I, I think that he will get some opportunities because he's earned it uh, with how he's played. And so I, I think that uh, there isn't, and they shouldn't Play, as you said, a lot of the starters. um and so that should get, have plenty of opportunities for these you know guys battling for that last roster spot or two to get as many reps as possible for probably the entire game.
0: Here's hoping. And again, I think, like I said, I have no clue what to expect in terms of how long starters play, but I like to see Mac Jones get at least into the half. We know what we have with Brian Hoyer. I don't see any real reason to to start him for much longer than we have to, if not just to spell people out. But should be exciting for a lot of reasons. Again, I haven't been pumped out for a, a last week of the preseason game ever. I don't think so. Uh, should be pretty good. But let's uh, let's move on to this, man. It's it's time we've talked about this enough and blathering for a long time. Let's get the predictions because that's the most important part of the preseason. As we all know, what your <laughs> record is, just ask the 2008 Lions. Uh, You are 2-0, Rich, picking for the Patriots. Uh, I picked the Washington football team and the Eagles to win. We were both pretty off in our predictions. You had a 29-23 nail-biter for the Patriots, and I had a 26-21 Eagles win. But you picked the Pats, so you win. You are 2-0 in the preseason like the Patriots. Last game of the August before we get into what matters the most... Pat's Giants
1: who you got Oh yeah well I'm going to keep rolling while the dice are hot Patriots going to win this one again uh this is against the Giants team that I think doesn't have as much talent as the Patriots do. And I think that the Patriots have enough top tier players that need to have reps out there that they can continue to succeed and win uh, in these all important games. You know, like as you said, Algalor needs a couple drives. I think Mac Jones is going to have some time out there. You're still going to be trotting out Ramondre Stevenson and JJ Taylor because you have no real other depth at that spot now. So you're putting out two very good players. Uh, And so I think that there is going to be enough talent for the Patriots on offense to score points as the Giants will likely be trotting out their depth players. And so I'm going to go with the Patriots winning this one again, uh, 28-17. Patriots 28
0: 17. Tell you what, man, it's been a pretty high-scoring preseason for the Patriots, so uh, I like that. You already clinched the, you get the first pick of the first week because you've already won the first two, so this is a totally meaningless pick for me for so many reasons. <laughs> I'll just keep going against the Patriots. I'll, I'll stick with the NFC East. I'll go with the Giants for the only reason because it makes it easier for me to, to differentiate whether you won or I won the week, and I'll just go uh, 23 to 14 for absolutely no reason whatsoever because <laughs> I don't even care anymore.
1: Yes, well, that is a perfect prognostication Vacation. Alec, we will be breaking this down next week, uh, heading into some real football, thankfully. Uh, do you have yes. any final thoughts on this preseason?
0: No, man. It's been, like I said, it's been a fun preseason, but uh, I'm glad to see
1: it. All right. Well, until next time, Alec, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See ya. Later, man.